here in the last part of our first series. We're taking the entire first month and looking at what it means for us to kind of get in, uh, everything lined out for the year. So here in the first month of the year, we want to make sure that we put first things first. And in seeking God first, we need to understand that love keeps first things first. Love is what is that anchor. Love is what keeps things from getting out of perspective. Love is what keeps things from getting in, a, in the wrong order. And uh, now I had mentioned months ago that, I, that my youngest daughter, uh, my little nine-year-old, Lyndon, that I was going to get to take her hunting. Now, I, it's kind of a, a, a deal we do with, with, uh, with my kids, and I make it available to them when they're about that age. And I, I really figured Lyndon would not want to. She is my girly girl, and she likes the bling. She looks, I mean, you could normally, any given day, you could use her as a disco ball and, uh, because she has lots of sparkly, and uh, she just is. And so I asked her if she wanted to hunt, and I really figured she's going, no, Daddy, I don't want anything to do with that. But she said, oh, yeah, I do, I do. I was like, okay. So we go through the process, and I knew I was going to have to get her the pink camo, and sure enough, we got her all the pink camo. She got pink camoed up, and uh, we went out and, and had a hunt, and she, she missed. And so I figured, okay, maybe that's over. And she said, nope, I, I, want, I want to do this. I want to get a deer. And we go out last the, about a week ago and have the opportunity for, for her to get a deer. And the, the deer comes in. We had been at the range. She knew how to shoot. She knew where to aim, all that. And she, she takes aim, does it. Sorry for all you all, though, who are tenderhearted. Now, I've got to pause right here. Now, just a, about four weeks ago, this is my same child who I did not warn her about the ending of the movie My Dog Skip. I know it's bad. It's bad parenting, isn't it? <laughs> Anyways, that's, that the dog passes away. She bawled like crazy. I mean, she's just so tender-hearted, loves animals, but she still, she wanted to do this hunt thing. So we take her out, she hunts, and she shoots. Animal falls over. She's, she's so excited. And, uh, you know, she did not place it exactly the ideal spot. And so we, we have to wait just a little while for this animal to expire. And, uh, and so we're just... Uh, we're just having we're just having to wait now uh you know while it's expiring um uh it's you know it's it's moving you know and thankfully it doesn't make any noises and uh but it's moving she's watching it and it's and, and I'm like oh my gosh you know I'm really concerned about my daughter here and her tender heart and you know it's supposed to just be shot boom it's over you know quick it, the, the little deer never knew what hit it and, and there's this waiting period. And I'm like really concerned about Lyndon. And so I'm like, you know, okay, you all right? And she's like, yeah, how, how, why is it not dead, Dad? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's dying. This is it's just, it's okay. It's, it's going to happen. It's, so we're talking. And uh, I, I really thought she was really going to lose. All her girly girl and tenderhearted was going to come and override this moment. And I was interviewing, our, interviewing her on camera. And she just has the biggest smile on her face. And she's like, I got meat for my family. 
She was just so excited. The exact quote her mother made on when her mother shot her first deer. And Lulu didn't even know that. I mean, she's so much like her mother. And, uh, but her, her love for her family is what kept it in perspective. That, that whole process from her going out there, doing it, going through the whole hunt, the whole thing she wanted to do was to get some meat for her family. She knew everybody in our family enjoys venison. That was the whole purpose. And the love for her family kept it all in perspective. Folks, sometimes when we go out to do things in life, things don't go exactly like we had planned. Things can kind of get out of order and things can kind of get a little bit messy. And if we're not careful, the messiness of life can begin to get things out of order and get us focused on the wrong thing. But love will always, always, always keep us rooted on what really matters. Now, what does love keep us rooted to? Let's look at Mark. Mark chapter 12. It says <clears throat> and this, that Jesus is asked about the most important commandments. We have read this multiple, multiple times here at Celebration Church. This is one of our core passages of Scripture. The, Jesus replies here. The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater, <clears throat> there's no commandment greater than these. There is no commandment greater. Nothing, nothing. But loving God and loving people, that is the absolute pinnacle of what this relationship with God is about. That comes first above all and everything else. Now, let's see, we, we can slip into doing sweet, nice little religious things and we can leave love out and we can totally miss it. Let's jump down here to Revelation chapter 2. And it says, the angel <clears throat> To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hands and walks through the seven gold lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. You know what my wife just talked about, you know, that when you're right in the middle of it, do all, do all you can to stand, stand. We, we understand perseverance. We understand hard work. He says, I know your hard work. I know your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men. You don't like it when people go astray and they're just doing crazy, goofy, messed up stuff. You don't like that. You're not on board with that. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles. Now this is your, you have weighed out the people who say they know what, Jesus, what the words of Jesus are. And you know who's false and who's not. How many think that that's an important deal? But you are <clears throat> to be apostles but are not. And you have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name. You've endured hardships for the name of Jesus. Wow. And you've not grown weary. Man, you, this just sounds like just a big old pat on the back is coming. I mean, that just sounds like this is exactly what, want, what, exactly what you want to hear. But let's keep, let's not finish here. It says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. You've done all of this other stuff right, but what happened with your first love? The first love was loving God and loving others. You've walked away from that. 
You've endured things for the name of Jesus and you're not really doing it for his sake. Well, there's something else got in the way. When we have love, it, love keeps everything else can stack in neatly with love. But you get love out of there, you can't put enough stuff in there to counterbalance it. Love is so incredibly pivotal. See, in John chapter 13, it says, that, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We as believers, those who, who know God, we just ought to be the most loving people on the face of the planet. Now, we're not always that way. We're not. We're not. But we ought to be, and that is our place where we should be growing on a regular and steady basis. And seeing love requires an expression. See, when we looked at the life of Jesus, Jesus showed love in such a way that the people knew he loved them. I love reading through the scriptures and we see where people knew that Jesus loved them. I love it. We're about to get into some of these in just a second. But I'll tell you, expressing love, we want the other person to acknowledge that they're loved. You know, if you express it, you want the other person to acknowledge it. Now, when I get excited, I'm, I make noises. And I usually woot or woo or something. I mentioned that last week. And, and I, just, I just do. I get excited and that's just my expression. I can't whistle. I can't sing. I can't. So I kind of, that just is what comes out of me. Now, I'm a, we're a very huggy family. And so we like to hug. And uh, uh, my wife has learned to be huggy because all the rest of us are real huggy. And uh, anyways, and so my kids will come up to me and just randomly walk up and want to, to give me a kiss on the cheek. And so they'll just come and, and uh, give me a kiss on the cheek. Uh, the younger ones more so than the older ones at this point. But uh, all of them have done that through, uh, through the years. And my normal expression when they come up and do that is they'll come up and kiss me on the cheek and I'll go, Woo! And so they know that I have acknowledged that they have done it. I can like zone out like nobody's business. I mean, I can just tune in. One time, Brooklyn, when she was little, she's about two years old, I was probably just watching, doing something mindless like watching TV. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at one thing, and then the very next image I have is two little arms on my, and a little face. And hearing, Daddy, listen to me. Listen to me. Because I was just zoned out, and I was just totally ignoring Brooklyn. I was, oh, baby girl, I am so sorry. What can I do for you, sweetheart? So I do that sometimes, and they can come up, and then come up to me, and every once in a while, they'll give me a kiss on the cheek. And I just keep doing what I'm doing. And there's been times that, that they'll back off and go, did I do it wrong? <laughs> and, and Lulu will go, is it, is it broken? <laughs> and then she'll kiss me again. I, I am so sorry. And then I'll like, try it again. I bet it's ready. And then she'll kiss it. And I'll, whoo! And so, but they want that acknowledgement, that love that has been shown, that acknowledgement to come back. God has done everything he can to express his love to us and when jesus was physically walking the earth he was doing that he was expressing love and the people recognized it and knew it let's look here at john chapter 11 <clears throat> it says this mary whose brother lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the lord and wiped his feet with her hair 
So the sisters sent word to Jesus. I love how they said it. They sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. They don't say Lazarus, our brother. They felt like they were so special in Jesus' eyes that they could simply say, the one you love is sick. Now, Lazarus was not one of his disciples. He walked around with an entourage of people who were being trained up with him. And yet this guy who wasn't in that inner circle, him and his sisters felt so loved that they could say, Lord, the one you love is sick. And they knew that he would know exactly who he was talking about. Jesus was so good at making people know that he was loved, that they were loved, that they just identified themselves as, <clears throat> as who, that, that, that they were one that Jesus loved. We look down here and other people recognized it. Same scenario, just a few verses down, and that they find out that Jesus has, <clears throat> that, that Lazarus has passed away, and we see the shortest verse in the whole Bible. Memorize the verse today. I'll all do it together. Jesus wept. We got it all memorized. There we go. And now, we're going to take just a pause. This is totally off the mark here, but I really think this needs to be said. Um, I love that two-little word verse. Jesus wept. Because, see, Jesus knew what he was going to do. Jesus finds out that his buddy whom he loves is dead. And he weeps. Now, Jesus knew what he was going to do. We're not going to read the whole story, but Jesus ends up going to the tomb, having him open it up, speaks his name. Lazarus is resurrected and bounds out. He's all tied up, and he like does the hokey pokey out of the out of the deal and they have to unwind him and he is alive again jesus knows that he's going to see his buddy in there in the flesh he's going to raise him up again and yet jesus weeps now see you and i as believers we know we know that we know that we know that if one of our loved ones who's also a believer passes away we're going to see him again that's not the end we're going to see them again. But you know what? Jesus has given us precedent that for that little bit of lapse of time, it is so okay to weep. It is okay. It is just an expression of love. It's not a lack of faith. It's not any of that. It is simply an expression of love. That Jesus, knowing he's about to raise him over there, still wept. And see, in that, that, that was communicated here in verse 36. It says, and then the Jews said, see how he loved him. They immediately saw and recognized Jesus pouring out love. We look here <clears throat> a little bit further down. And John 13. Now, John is, writes the book of John. He's the narrator. He's the one writing this. Now, remember, in John chapter 11, he's quoting Mary and Martha about Lazarus being the one whom Jesus loves. And here in verse 23 of chapter 13, it says, One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. That, that disciple, that's the narrator. That's John. John's writing this in his own hand and refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. 
And he talks about Peter and calls him Peter, talks about Andrew and calls him Andrew, calls all these others, but he refers to himself. And he does it multiple different times. We read through John, and he does it multiple times. John, that's why he's called John the Beloved, because he refers to himself in the King James. It says that he was the, the Beloved one. He, Jesus was so good at communicating love that John saw himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. I'm telling you, that ought to be a desire of ours, is that when people get in our presence, that they walk away and go, wow, I'm the friend that guy loved. You know, wow, I, I've just met this person, and I feel so loved. That Jesus' ministry was marked by people walking away from him and going, I am the person that person loved. That is just so incredible. That is the, what we, we're wired. We have that love on the inside of us. It is just so awesome. And you know, and, and Jesus, was that means he was constantly expressing it, constantly, for it to be so nailed down, so nailed down. You know, I lo- love the old joke. I heard it, heard it years and years ago that there's this, this uh, couple who've been married 40 years. And in the 40-year anniversary, they'd sit there and the, the wife tells the husband, he says, you know what, for our 40th anniversary, all I want, you don't have to do anything, I just want to hear you say that you love me. Because for these last 40 years since we got married, you have never told me once. And all I want to do is hear that you love me. He said, well, dear, I told you I loved you when I married you. If I'd have changed my mind, I'd have said that too. <laughs> now, folks, that's it doesn't cut it. The one time, oh yeah, I remember. I, don't you remember I told you? If I change my mind, I'll let you know. I tell you what, I love you was said all the time. All the time. Now, as of today, right now, I have been married 6,239 days today. And congratulations. Woo! Anniversary. 6,239 days. Okay? And then as I was looking at that, on average... We will exchange the phrase, I love you, at least five times a day. At least five times a day. In the morning, and not before we go to bed, and we'll talk to each other on the phone at least three times during the day. And every time that's hung up, we don't hang up without saying, I love you. So on a conservative estimate, we exchange the I love yous at least five times a day. So in that 6,239 days, then we have exchanged I love you 31,195 times at least. And you know what? It never gets old. It never gets old. It's not, oh, wow, that's lost its spark. Oh, wow, that's lost. It's still, it's why? Because we need to be, it needs to be reaffirmed. Love has to be expressed. Love that's not expressed is wasted. We have to be willing to express it. Now, that's not even counting all the dating I love yous when we're on the phone. I love you. I love you more. I love you. No, I love you the most. It's not even counting all those. I mean, that, that's just going to push it up into like some ridiculous, uncalculable number because there's just so many I love yous rolling through the air at that point. And, um, but it's just something that has to be expressed on a regular basis. Now, you're like, okay, well, we've got this weight 
of this lovingness that comes on us. Okay, I see this. Love is important. We ought to express it. Jesus went around expressing love and made people feel loved. Okay, Pastor, I'm getting this deal, but how do I really get motivated to do this? Maybe I'm not that lovey of a person. Well, let's look and see maybe why Jesus did it. See, Jesus was simply treating others the way his father treated him. We've only got a couple of places where the father (coughs) expressively speaks in the presence of the son. We have the audible voice of the father with the presence of his son Jesus there. And we're going to look at them, okay? Matthew chapter 3 says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. God could not, the Father could not say just, This is my Son. He says, This is my Son, whom I love. By the way, everybody, if you're you're listening down there, This is my Son, and I love him. He could not mention Jesus without sliding it in here. Why? Because we look over at Mark 9, and this is a different instance. It says, and then the cloud appeared and enveloped them. This is during the transfiguration, where just the the core three disciples were with him. This wasn't where Jesus baptism. This is a totally different place. And then the cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud, said, this is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Listen to him. This is my son whom I love. See, Jesus was so aware of the love that his father had for him that he had no problem expressing love to others. See, in John 15, it says, As the father has loved me, so I have loved you, and now remain in my love. As the father loved me, now I have loved you. We just see, totally see it played out in Jesus' life. See, our expression of love does not come from our finding others so lovable. But it becomes because God found us so lovable. But when we recognize how much we're loved in His sight, when we understand how loved we are, expressing love isn't near as difficult. Now, if we have to love just based on how great other folks are, boy, we're in a world of hurt. I'm in a world of hurt because there's a lot of days that I'm not that lovable. There are some instances whenever I get irritated or whatever, and my wife finds that I'm not that lovable, that one of those 31,000 I love you's isn't flowing at that moment. It may become a little later, but I'm not acting that lovable. But thank God. That us as believers, our expression of love is not based on how sweet and wonderful our boss is or our co-workers is or our kids or anybody else. It is based on how loved we are. It completely on how loved we are. I love the old movie from 1987. 87 was a good year. And uh, from 1987, the movie Roxanne with Steve Martin. Okay. Now, Roxanne is captain of the fire department. I'm sure a lot of y'all have seen it. And um, he's uh, just an average-looking guy except for one feature, okay? And he's got a nose that's even bigger than mine, okay? He's got this big old Pinocchio nose, okay? And uh, 
Anyway, so he's got this nose, and he falls in love with this woman named Roxanne, and the, and the movie's real comical. And he doesn't, he doesn't have a sense of humor about the nose at all. The movie opens up with him just whooping some guys real good with a tennis racket um, who made fun of his nose. And he's just known for just really beating people up. And I guess if you grow up with a really large nose, you get good at fighting. And um, it's just a sad part of life, I guess. But anyway, so he, he's got a new employee that shows up that has heard about the nose, but has never seen it. And this guy's heard about it, and they're like, don't tell him, don't stare, don't, don't, you know, don't make any comments, don't do, they're all trying to brief him on the, his first encounter with the nose. And he just, nothing could prepare him. Just nothing could prepare him. It's just a nose like no other nose. And he has his first encounter with, the, with this guy, and he can't look away. And he's just like, it's huge, it's monumental, and just goes into this tirade and then realizes, oh, my gosh, this guy's about to beat me down. Okay, I, I know he's going to beat me down. And this is the conversation that takes place. And he says, aren't you going to kill me? The guy said, oh, ordinarily, yeah, but not today. How come? Because yesterday she doesn't. But today she does. See, what had happened right before that is he had, this, he had found out that the, this, this love that he had had it was showing love back to him. Or at least that's what he perceived. And that because all of a sudden now, now because he was loved, he could be tolerant in love. Everything's different because yesterday she didn't, but today she does. See, that should be our attitude. Man, maybe used to, I had a hard time loving people. But yesterday, I didn't understand how much God loved me. But today, I do. So I can be more patient with you. I can be more loving towards you. I can deal with a lot of other things. Why? Because God, God loves me and nothing else can rock my world. I've got the love of my creator. There is nothing else that can get in the way of this. See, 1 John four nineteen says, we love, why? Because he first loved us. Galatians 5 says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. That's being outside of God or, or, or doing everything just right with God. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And then here in John chapter 13, we have the <clears throat> passage where uh, it says, just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served. And then as we go on, we see, and this is where Jesus, the master, begins to wash the feet of his disciples. How did he... How? Did he show the full extent of his love? By serving them. By meeting their needs. By dealing with them right where they were at. Again, in this same moment, Peter pops off and is like, Oh, don't wash me. Oh, if, you, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have anything. Oh, well, then wash me all over. Oh, Peter, chill out, boy. Just let me wash your feet and that's enough. I mean, in the middle of it, Peter's just all over the place. And Jesus is just, just showing him love. Just showing him love. Peter wasn't being real loveful in the moment. 
But Jesus was showing his full extent of his love by serving him anyways. 1 John 4 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Romans 5 says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. My son demonstrated this a couple of years ago better than anybody, and I, I've shared this story before, but there was one day I was playing with Carson with a Nerf sword, and uh, I had the, had the Nerf sword, and I'm sitting there, and I whack him, and I whack him a little too hard, and it stung his leg. And uh, and so, and I was like, oh, buddy, I, I'm, I'm sorry. And so and then I just, you know, decided, you know, well, I'm just going to let him whack me back. And so I give him the sword. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, go ahead, son. You know, you, you can go ahead and hit me as hard as you want to. All right, bring it. And I prepared for him to just haul off and hit me. And he has that sword in his hand, and he sits there, and he puts that sword down. He says, this is what I'm bringing. And comes and gives me the, <laughs> gives me the biggest hug ever. I was just like, just bawling. And, I mean, just this incredible moment. And that is what God has done in our lives. We have braced for his anger. We have braced for him because we have not treated him right. And he just discards that material that we've put in his hands to attack us with. He says, uh-uh. This is it. This is what I'm bringing. <clears throat> See, we'll jump down to Ephesians chapter 5. And it says, Be imitators of God, therefore... As dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God I tell you what you want to show God how much you appreciate his love you love somebody that you know he loves you show them up that's what Jesus did it was a fragrant offering to his father and giving himself up for us. Love is it, folks. If we're going to make it through this year, and at the end of it, we're going to know God better and trust him more, it's because we stuck to love. We can't, I, I, the blog is a big deal, and we read the Bible, and I'm a big believer in it, but if we don't stick to love, it is a, we're just putting a bunch of words in us, folks. It has to be about us genuinely producing the heart and the love of God in our lives. It has to change us in a real way, in that way, in the love way. That is what this is about. See, God desires that we have a life, that we have true life, which only can come from Him. And love keeps us focused. Love keeps us focused on our life giver. This morning, I appreciate it if everyone would just bow your heads and close your eyes. Now, this morning, there are some of y'all who are needing to embrace the love that God has. You think he's standing there with a nerf sword ready to whack you. You see him as that. Angry, he is not. He is bringing something totally different to the table this morning. He's bringing love and forgiveness to you. And if you're here this morning and you need to embrace that, you need to say, yeah, I'm going to take that. If you're away from God and you have not received love, the love of God, then I want you to just raise your hand. I want, we're going to fix that this morning. If you need to embrace the love of Christ this morning, you need to say, I make Jesus Christ my Savior. I place my faith in Him. 
that's you this morning, I want you to just raise your hand. And we're going to pray together. All right. While everybody's heads are bowed, I want you this morning. I want you to think about the people that you love the most. Whenever I say love, this is the faces that pop into your mind. Right now, where you are, I, I want you to pray, God, help me to show these people love in a greater way. Say, God, help me to show these people that I love how much I really love them. And believe that this week, God is going to give you real tangible ways, true expressions of love. That you can do, say, whatever, to, to communicate in a greater, deeper way your love and appreciation for them. Now I want you to say, God, I want you to help me to love you in a deeper way. God, what can I do this week to show you I love you? How can I express my love for you? And then last of all, most courageous prayer of all, I want you to think of those people that you're having a hard time loving right now. Maybe a boss, maybe a coworker, maybe a family member, maybe a neighbor. And I dare you to pray, God, help me to love them like you love them. Help me to show it. Help me to show it. This is something we can't do in ourselves. It takes the Spirit of God alive in us to do it, folks. But I dare you to do it. Let's stand up this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy.